102.5 FM, KXSFLP, San Francisco, and KXSF.FM. You're tuned in to Spark, informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. This is Kelly Marlowe, host of Spark. Today I'm talking with Dr. Brent Bauer, Director of Integrative Medicine and Clinical Research at the Mayo Clinic. We will be talking about the surging interest and use of cannabidiol, or CBD. Later in the program, I will be talking to Michael and Paul Harney of Harney and Sons Tea Company about their hemp division, offering CBD-infused teas and products. Thank you for joining me on Spark today, Dr. Bauer. Absolutely. Glad to be with you. There is a growing use of CBD or cannabidiol, and it's being even promoted for dogs. Can you explain what we need to understand about CBD, what it is and what it isn't? Well, sure. If we have about six hours, I think we can cover it pretty well. Uh, The reality is, I mean, it is a very complex topic. Uh, We know that uh, cannabidiol or CBD is one cannabinoid. Obviously, uh, these are, are chemicals that come from the marijuana plant, cannabis sativa, uh, obviously famous for THC, which is the cannabinoid that gets us high and uh, also causes a lot of concerns and issues. CBD does not have any psychoactive effect, at least not in terms of getting people high. But there's also a number of other cannabinoids, other chemicals in the plant that also seem to have anti-inflammatory. And is it the best one? These are questions that we don't know. But it's the first one that really hit the market in a big way. And so that's what most people are hearing about is CBD. What I understand is CBD is appealing to people who do not want the psycho effects of that THC or the component of marijuana that makes you high. Uh, But at at the same time, they want the benefits of relaxation and pain relief, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's where the, you know, the interest lies. Uh, many people, again, anecdotally, report that when they use CBD, they see a reduction in anxiety, a reduction in pain. Uh, some people report improvements in sleep. So th- there's no question. Many people are experiencing that. Uh, the question is, does that work for everybody? Does it work safely for everybody? Uh, and how do we determine if you know, I as an individual, maybe it's not safe for me because of some of the medications I'm taking. So there's this intriguing bit of preliminary data, anecdotal experience that makes us very interested in CBD, but we're also starting to see a few more negative effects of CBD as well. And what are those negative effects? Well, at higher doses especially, there's been an increasing number of reports of patients getting elevations in their liver enzymes. So at least in some people, CBD appears to be liver toxic or could be liver toxic. Now, of course, that's another challenge because many of the products on the market aren't really very good quality. They may not even have any CBD in them. They may be spiked with other chemicals and so forth. So we don't want to say CBD is bad or that CBD causes liver toxicity, but in some patients it has. And until we have more clarity about CBD, I think anybody with liver a history of liver disease or history of liver abnormalities, I'm being very careful about having them use CBD. If someone is taking pure CBD, there should be no traces of THC, correct? Because there's been products that have been tested where there were traces of THC. Yep. So so by law, if you have uh, 
hemp or, or uh, cannabidiol, there, there should not be more than 0.03% THC. So in a, in a CBD product, there could be trace amounts of THC. It should not, if it's processed properly, have enough to be a problem uh, or show up on a drug test. But plenty of, of these products aren't very pure. Many of them have been contaminated with THC or higher doses than they're allowed. So we have seen people get in trouble where they think they're using a legal product and end up turning positive on a blood test because it wasn't a very good quality product. Based on your research, is CBD safe and effective if you're not taking a high dosage all the time? Yeah, the, the answer is I don't know because what we really are lacking are really good clinical trials. For example, if we gave 1,000 people CBD and 1,000 people a placebo that looked just like it and we followed them for three months and we measured their liver test and we measured their sleep and their pain, we'd be able to answer that question with pretty good authority. Unfortunately, at this point, there's a number of those trials being done. Many of them have been started, but none of them, to my knowledge, have yet been published uh, with large enough numbers that we can be very definitive. So we're still kind of in this wishy-washy period where we think there's something there, but as has often happened with natural products, sometimes something that looks promising in the early phases when we actually study it carefully turns out to have some hidden problems or doesn't perform as well. So it's too early to be definitive either for it or against it, I think what we can say is anecdotally there's something there, and now we have to be very careful as an individual to sift through that and then filter it through the lens of what issues I have in terms of my own health issues, if I'm on other medications, do I have liver problems, and so forth. So it's a, it's a complex area, and it's really great if we can involve our primary care team in those discussions because they may have other thoughts and ideas that can help us decide if it's something we should try. It is interesting, though, that people are perceiving it as being natural, and as a result, they think it's not similar to marijuana um, without the side effects of it. And the surging interest is like almost 100 points percentage-wise year to year, which is pretty incredible. Yep. We struggle with that because we, we, as Americans, we were taught if it's natural, it's safe. And that's gotten us into trouble time and time again with many of the natural products. So we can successfully use a lot of different herbs. But, you know, the American approach is if, if, if two, two milligrams is good, 20 milligrams must be better. And so even natural products can become very dangerous if they're not used properly. And, and of course, you know, there's many natural products like strychnine is natural, but that's a deadly poison. Uh, nicotine or, or tobacco is a natural product, but, uh, you know, consumed inappropriately can cause problems. So I think we have to disabuse ourselves of the idea that natural is equated with safe and recognize that anything strong enough to help you or strengthen you or change something in your body is also strong enough to have a negative effect. And that just means we have to treat everything with respect. Yes. What's interesting, though, is that there are a lot of people who are sharing that it's really worked for them, which then spreads, right? Yep, yep. And it's been promoted for alleviating pain opiate addiction, insomnia, anxiety, digestive issues, and even acne. So which of these health concerns is CBD really effective for? Well, again, until somebody shows us a really good clinical trial, we're just kind of shooting in the dark a little bit. But to your point, there are many people who come back and say, that was the one thing that helped me with my pain control. And I tried other things and that didn't work, or I couldn't take anti-inflammatory medications because it irritate my stomach. So by default, some people are stumbling onto it. 
And for a percentage, in my own practice, I would say about a third of the patients come back and say, wow, I love that stuff. It really helped me. A third come back and say, eh, maybe I got something, maybe I didn't. And about a third come back and say it didn't do anything for me. So that's an anecdotal. That's a personal experience. We can't hang our hats on that. But my, my feeling is from what I've seen, lots and lots of people using, I do think it helps some people with pain. Some people do see a benefit with sleep. And anxiety is the third thing that I often see people coming back and saying, yeah, that did take the edge off. Not in a dramatic fashion, not like a drug, but to a point where they at least they're perceiving benefit. So now what I really want is somebody to get smart and publish some of these studies that are being done so that we can actually talk a little bit more uh, concretely about what are the risks and benefits. Why isn't the healthcare industry publishing any clinical well, they're trials? Working on it, yeah. They are. Yeah, I think there's a... Yeah, there's a number of academic centers that have trials underway, but, you know, the trouble with research is by the time you get it approved, you recruit the patients, they get, take a medication for two or three months, you see the results, it usually takes several months to get the analyses done. So a lot of these studies that were started six months ago, we won't have results until maybe early next year. I thought it would be because of the controversial aspect of the fact that, uh, I guess, differently state by state. And they don't seem to know what yeah. to do at the federal level. So it seems like no one really wants to touch it. Yep. And that's been the problem, well, with both marijuana and CBD. I mean, to do research on either a few years ago would be very, very complicated, lots of legal restrictions. Uh, and, and, of course, the uh, the Farm Act back in, was it 2018, uh, did take some of that uh, restrictiveness away from the products that don't have THC. So you're right. There's still a lot of state-to-state variability. But uh, increasingly now, many academic centers where it's not a problem are doing these types of trials. So I think we're going to see some help. There's going to be some guidance for us in the next 6 to 12 months. But until then, we're, we're still stuck kind of in the, the uncomfortable, wishy-washy middle. But you have some insight based on your research and your experience with your patients. I can't help but ask you, I would imagine that there's a dosage that you have to reach for it to work because I see this varying range of dosage, right, depending on what the product is. Is there a threshold of where people should be considering taking it and then where they should not be consider- considering taking it? Yeah. Well, again, huge question. And again, we don't know. Uh, because to your point, some people use CBD in candy. Some people put it in a tincture. Some people put it under the tongue. Some people use it as a capsule. There's topical CBD. So all of those, and then the different manufacturers can have different concentrations in a capsule versus the next one versus the next one. So we're kind of, again, shooting in the dark. We don't have a lot of guidance. Where, where I have been seeing more interest or where I've been working with a lot of my own personal patients is looking at mixtures of cannabinoids, uh, products that have not only the CBD but many of the other non-THC cannabinoids. And, and so that's also an evolving area where we don't have great information, but there's a number of companies out there uh, manufacturing really good mixed cannabinoids products. And those seem to me in many regards to be working better than just taking a high dose of CBD by itself. Interesting. So if people are experimenting with CBD, what are the side effects that they should be concerned about? Well, if it's a good quality CBD, they shouldn't really be getting high or having any of the THC effects. So if they're doing that, we've got a, an issue right away. Uh, many people do report relaxation. 
you know, so I'm a little cautious if I'm going to go drive a truck or operate heavy machinery. That's probably not the, the time to t- take it for the first time. Uh, again, we haven't seen a lot, but there's a maybe a growing number of reports of liver toxicity. So, again, I think if we're going to take something like C- CBD or any supplement, if I have a patient starting a supplement, you know, the question is why. Uh, in this case, I might be taking CBD for pain. That's great. Uh, after four or five weeks, how's the pain? If the pain's better, then I usually do check liver tests just to make sure that they're not one of these people that's having an idiosyncratic reaction or some problem before we say, let's go ahead and keep using it. So I think that's a good strategy with any new supplement we're putting into our bodies. You know, work with your primary care team, get some baseline assessment of what's going on, and then be very honest. If it's not working after six to eight weeks, uh, don't keep taking it. We, it's time to try something different. Does it affect your metabolism? That's a good question. Uh, most herbs can have the potential to affect different aspects of the liver that are responsible for metabolizing different drugs. So St. John's wort is the most famous one where it can ramp up the metabolism of drugs to the point where they kind of disappear from our system. And that's led to really some tragic things like heart transplant rejections uh, because the herb took away the effectiveness of the rejection drugs. We don't have a lot of data yet on uh, CBD or the other cannabinoids. There's certainly some interesting laboratory studies that suggest they could be effective in changing metabolism of different drugs, but we don't really have a lot of clinical trial data yet to know if that's a real concern or not. So again, it's, it's one of those cautionary tales. CBD or any herb, if you're on many different prescription medications, we want to approach that very carefully. Uh, before we add any herbs, and then be very careful about watching for any side effects or problems that might evolve. Well, what's interesting is that a lot of people don't want to take the pharmaceutical type of pain reliever, right? And it seems like a better option in terms of the side effects from some of the pharmaceuticals, how strong they are, and they may not even work as well. Yeah, I, I, I personally, I mean, I've, I've certainly had patients where, you know, we were at a point where, uh, we weren't getting good control of their pain, and uh, next choice might be using an opioid. And I've certainly had patients then use CBD or these mixed cannabinoid preparations. And I've had more than a few who've actually been very successful with that, where we avoided the more toxic pharmaceutical approach. It uh, doesn't mean it works for everybody. doesn't mean that's something that uh, individuals should be deciding for themselves if they're in really severe pain. But, you know, for that kind of chronic arthritic pain, that's not responding, and I don't want to take the anti-inflammatories because they irritate my stomach. You know, I think this is something that's on the table for discussion with our our care team to see if it might be something that could be helpful and maybe avoid some of those, uh, you know, side effects we don't want. So it comes in different formats, as you pointed out. Oil, candy, lotion. Is it effective as a topical application? Yep. Yeah, I've seen a lot of different... uh, uh, approaches out there. People, you know, we're, we're Americans, we're pretty creative. So we find all kinds of ways to ingest things and take things. Uh, I, right now, we're seeing a lot of tinctures, you know, put a couple drops under the tongue. Uh, there's a number of companies that are using a capsule form. And I've had more and more patients using topical uh, CBD or cannabinoid uh, preparations. Again, how much effect that has, I don't know. Again, a few patients have come back and said, boy, that's the one thing when I rubbed it on my knee that took care of my uh, knee pain better than anything else I've tried. That could be a placebo effect. It could be a real effect. 
Uh, how much are they absorbing? Will that have it? So those are great questions. But again, if, I, if I'm careful with it, if I work with my primary care team and let them know what I'm doing and try and, you know, steer between, we don't have all the answers, but we think it's probably okay. But if I'm working with my care team, then to do kind of an experiment, and if topical CBD seems to be helping my joint pain and it allows me to avoid narcotics or allows me to avoid anti-inflammatories that are hurting my stomach, you know, this is where we may have a new tool in our kit once we get a few of the clinical trials out and published. Yes. So if people are experimenting with CBD, does it matter whether taking it in the morning or with a meal? I mean, do you, do you think that at least take it with care in some way when they're taking it? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. I haven't seen any studies yet. Uh, I know some people say you should take it with your biggest meal or the meal that has more fat in it because maybe that helps the absorption. But I think that's more just personal opinion. Uh, at least at this point, I don't know of any studies that say, you know, time of day or which meal, empty stomach or not. Uh, I just don't know enough to answer that question with any confidence. What about building up a tolerance and eating more CBD over time? Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen that. I have some patients who started CBD before it was cool, so they've been on it for four or five, seven years, and uh, a lot of them are still on the same dose, and they still swear by it. Now, that doesn't mean some people won't develop tolerance, but that hasn't been a big issue with the people I've been able to track for longer periods of time. Can you become addicted to CBD? I don't know. It, 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 most of the studies say no because it doesn't have those psychoactive effects that would be more typical for the addictive drugs. But I'm also, I've been around long enough to know, anytime we think something's safe and we kind of get cavalier, it turns around and bites us because some people are going to find out that maybe they do have some unique enzyme pathway or uh, genetic markers that allows them to become addicted. So I don't want to say it couldn't happen, but I haven't seen it yet, and it's not one of the higher concerns uh, at this point. What would be your recommendation for people who want to try CBD? Well, it's the same recommendation to people who want to try any herb or any pharmaceutical drug. Before you take anything, always ask the question, did you optimize everything from a lifestyle perspective before you take a drug or a supplement? And by that, I mean, what's your nutrition? What's your exercise? Do you have a good mind-body practice? Are you socially connected? Have you optimized your sleep pattern? I mean, we have tons of data that says those people who follow all of those domains and really do a great lifestyle approach in each are going to reduce the risk of cancer, reduce the risk of heart disease, reduce the risk of Alzheimer's, uh, improve their telomere length. So if you don't start there and you just say, I've got a problem, I'm going to take a pill, it doesn't matter if it's natural or it's, it's pharmaceutical, we've missed the boat. So if you've done all that, though, if you optimize your lifestyle and you say, yeah, but I still have this knee pain, or I'm still a little anxious, I'm still a little... Uh, trouble with sleep, and you've built a great foundation, then I think that's a great time to sit down with your care team and say, look, I've done everything right. I still can't sleep well. I've tried X, Y, or Z. I really want to try CBD. Then they have the job to kind of look through your medications, look through your other health issues. If they don't see a contraindication, then do the experiment. And the experiment means if we're using it for sleep, what's your problem? Well, my problem is I can't fall asleep for two hours every night. Well, after three to four weeks, if you're using the CBD and you see you're able to fall asleep in 20 or 30 minutes, well, that's telling us it's effective, at least for that particular problem. Maybe work with your care team, get the liver test just to make sure it's safe. And then we may have a new thing that you can use indefinitely, at least until new research comes out. 
But I think that's the approach. Work with your care team and then know why you're taking it. And then if it's not meeting those needs, stop it. If it is meeting those needs and you want to take it for a long period of time, I'd always get the, uh, the primary care team to at least take a quick look at my lab test and make sure I'm staying out of trouble. That's great advice. Thank you for joining me on Spark today. Time for a short break. Next up, I will be talking to Michael and Paul Harney of Harney and Sons Tea Company about their hemp division, offering CBD-infused teas and products. It takes a village to keep independent radio alive and well in San Francisco. That's why KXSF 102.5 FM is looking for underwriters to support our station. If you are an individual who loves listening to local artists and bands, or you run a business that cares about cultural diversity in our city, your tax-deductible donation to San Francisco Community Radio is a great investment. To find out more about how to become an underwriter, go to www.kxsf.fm, click on Become an Underwriter, and help keep KXSF on the air. This is KXSF 102.5 FM, streaming worldwide at www.kxsf.fm. And you're tuned in to Spark with Kelly Marlowe. Informing minds, inspiring ideas, igniting innovation. Let the conversation sink into your soul. This is Kelly Marlowe, host of Spark. Today I'm talking with Michael and Paul Harney, founders of the Hemp Division of Harney & Sons Tea Company. We will be talking about the company's cultivation of hemp and CBD, also known as Cannibal Dial, digestible offerings. Thank you for joining me today on Spark, Michael and Paul. You're welcome. Harney & Sons Tea Company has been successful in its offering of high-end teas. Why did you create the Hemp Division, and why offer CBD products? Well, uh, you know, we had been, my, our father started in the business in uh, 35 years ago uh, doing tea. And, uh, you know, we had developed some expertise in uh, taking beverages and making them uh, palatable and um, also, uh, you know, how to market them. So a friend of ours uh, suggested uh, two years ago, so, yeah, two summers ago, that, that after they had passed the um, hemp, uh, bill in the Senate and then and been signed that it was a good time for us to think about it. We're up in an agricultural area of New York State. We thought that it was uh, could be fun to uh, try to do a CBD uh, bottled beverage because we do have a bottling factory uh, in Hudson, New York, which is on the Hudson River. And uh, we have our dry tea down here in Millerton, New York, which is um, about a half hour south. So uh, we had a lot of the elements to, to make it successful. So we didn't think it was too far a step. Uh, it was um, a little bit different, but we thought it could be fun. Don't you think, Paul? Yeah. No, I mean, we uh, for us it was a little unique because it, we, we spent a lot of time going to origin for, for tea and stuff like, you know, all the ingredients that we have, and uh, it's, we were able to uh, bring the origin to us. Farming is uh, – our father grew up on a farm um, back in the Depression, and um, maybe uh, – uh, if he had been around, we wouldn't have uh, he was gone less, down the road. less enthusiastic about farming. Working but, the land was not his idea of fun, and, and so it's 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 fun to be able to take take something like this that that has some similarities to it. You know, it's it's an annual plant as as opposed to a tea plant, but 
you know, there is certainly some similarities, and we've continued to sort of take that level of knowledge as we've developed it further. You know, CBD was sort of the starting point, and, you know, brewing up hemp leaves and, and hemp-style teas is sort of the next step that we, we, we uh, worked on sort of this past winter after we had our own harvest. So to be clear, you farmed the hemp yourself. Yes plant in uh, New York State, and then we have a license in Connecticut, too. Can you share how the hemp is harvested and how the CBD is then distilled? Well, I mean, uh, harvest is uh, is in the fall. You have to make sure it's sort of a timing issue, uh, you know, uh, because we're growing for CBD, and that's our license is CBD, so we can't exceed the 0.3%. So we have to send out samples uh, to the government, uh, New York State Department of Agriculture and Markets, uh, to see that uh, that we haven't exceeded, because if it's exceeded, you got to burn the crop. I mean, out in California, I think things are a little bit different, but uh, we don't have a license out there, so I don't know the actual details. So then we, we uh, when we think it's uh, maximized the CBD but minimized the, uh, not exceeded the uh, THC level, the THC stuff is what gets you high, then we... Um, we uh, cut the plants and hang them upside down uh, for a couple of days, a week, two weeks, depending upon they get down to somewhere stable. And then um, uh, it, that's when they're dry. Uh, then, we, yep. then they're uh, shucked, so they're, they're, they're pulled off the main, the main uh, sort of center stem, and uh, then it's either store, stored where we would dry it if we were going to put it into tea leaves, and then some of it, we, we, uh, it's extracted, and, and that extraction method is uh, liquid CO2. What about, what about the concerns with the THC, you know, the component that can get you high? How do you ensure that there are no traces in your products? Well, as we mentioned, the government, uh, of course, would uh, be very mad at us if we exceeded it. So, and we have to report the results to them. So... Uh, you know, we do send out to third party. Uh, originally, we used to send it out to uh, Oregon, I believe, right, Paul? Yep. Uh, but uh, we get a guy out of Boston to do it. And so we get those tests many times uh, as it gets closer. And then um, when the actual product is made, it's sent out to be a third party. So we test not only for heavy metals and any sort of microbiological things to make sure that it's a safe beverage. We also have to test for the... Uh, CBD level and the THC level. So is there any THC? Should we, like, be feeling even better than the CBD? <laughs> uh, there, it, it, it really depends on the product. So, so some of them are what's called a isolate, which uh, is straight uh, CBD, and everything has been removed, uh, the <clears throat> and everything. And then uh, broad spectrum w- would be... Uh, with the turpins and no THC and full spectrum would have below that marker for the amount of uh, THC, which is considered is very low, 0.03. So let's go through your products and understand what the CBD levels are and the effect that we may feel taking it. So let's start with your sure. bottled beverage products, your soda and infusions. How much CBD, yeah. and would we feel it if we drank? How you know if we drank one or more than one? Oh no, you. I, I mean, you would. You would. You would certainly. Uh, uh, I, I mean, the the idea is that you would feel feel it, and you know, CBD is one of those things that that is is a little uh, 
little it's a subtle uh impact but but it's i i think noticeable and it yeah you know, there's variables with regards to how you sleep and uh, how much caffeine you maybe drank earlier what you ate and all, all sorts of stuff like that but um the expectation is you know you you would you would feel something if you drank one you wouldn't have to drink like a case or something <laughs> so if i had a cbd soda or yeah. one of your infusion- well, we don't have, do we have a soda pump we, it's not a soda. It's a. It's a. Yeah. It's sparkling. Uh, you sparkling know, no water. Sugar it's just a splash yeah. of uh, lime or something like that. Okay. But so if I we had one of those or yeah. one of the infusion drinks, we yeah. will feel it after. We'll feel more calm, as the label says. Or there's one sure. that says focus. So will we have more clarity after yeah, having that focus? I, so, so- yeah, that focus one is, is is sort of an interesting one because that has so that has uh, yerba mate and uh, yopan and yopan sort of a very interesting story because it's uh, that's the only caffeinated leaf uh, grown in the U.S. and and it has um, mint in it so uh, and the mint is is from uh, Washington State that that combination is has actually a, a fairly large level of, of caffeine, you know, for a tea beverage, and, and it's different than a black tea. The caffeine, you know, that you feel from, from uh, Yopan and Yerba Mate is a little, little different and tends to give you more focus. And then we added, so that's why we added a sort of, on the bottle drink, a lower level. It's a little bit like tea in that respect, and the tea has a different uh, effect on you than, say, coffee. Not that jolt, but more of a uh, elevation. So this is sort of, the, I believe, what you were trying yep. to do there was that sort of thing. When we, when we started, there, there was a um, stronger taste profile to the CBD. And, and then as, as the advancements have, have come along, it, 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 the, the taste profile is sort of mellowed out a little bit. And it, it's not quite, so you're able to do different style drinks with, with maybe a little bit more CBD in them. Sort of constantly moving along as the, as the whole... Uh, Science, science uh, advances as well as the uh, the regulations. Right on the liquids, we don't go too heavy on um, yeah. uh, on them. They max out at uh, what twenty five, right? Right, they max out at twenty five, and whereas the pictures, you can go a little heavier. Okay, so I can be focused and calm at the same time. Absolutely. There you go. That'd be good, right? Yes, rather than. Uh, Focus and anxious. So well, somebody somebody said early on in this that that, that they said well, um, they said uh, CBD just makes me nicer. Oh, well, that's really funny. <laughs> I'll have to remember that when I'm not feeling so nice. Uh, well, that's it. No, well, we all we all could use probably more of that, right? Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, Paul knew that you were going to call, so he uh, he made this new line of beverage. What's the name of this beverage called, Paul? Spark. Spark. All right. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I saw it. I did see it, yes. Spark, yeah. Um, I mean, I got to set him up as well as you. That's crazy. That's so funny. Man in the middle. No, it's interesting because I I did see the spark soda and I was like, oh, the sparkling water and I was intrigued. And then uh, I, I did see the teas. Um, but you all, you have a lot of other products as, as well. So yep. does it matter when you drink or take CBD, whether it's in the morning with a meal? Um, 
No, it, it, it really doesn't. I, I, th- I think it's very individualized. Um, we, Most we, these are often the yeah. more of an afternoon type thing. Yeah, but I mean, we have, you know, there's, there's customers say they, 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 they like to drink it in the morning, and, um, you know, that's why we have ones with caffeine in them. And sometimes the caffeine can actually act like an accelerant where it actually increases the effect that you, you might find with the CBD in it. Caffeine, you know, much, any of this stuff is, is, is such a small relative dose that it really does depend on the person, and that's the whole idea of, you know, finding your own path where it's your own door to sort of what you're looking for, different dose levels. Well, I'm just drinking. We're drinking this spark in honor of you, of course, Kelly. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I went for, for me, a fairly long bike ride, probably not for some of people, but uh, I'm, I'm feeling it making my muscles, which were very tense after that bike ride, uh, start to relax a little bit. So I'm actually feeling the effect right now. Interesting. So it just depends on each person's sensitivity to the level of CBD that's in your drink. Yeah. Right. Well, they say yeah, right, that CBD impacts uh, your receptors, right, and, and, and that's like caffeine, and it takes a while to... Uh, as long as I won't build a tolerance and I need more every day. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It, 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 it's, you know, it, it's, it's a funny thing. It's like tea. You know, I, I think the thing that's most interesting for us is, is there's a lot of similarities to tea, and a lot of similarities to the effects of tea, where, you know, tea kind of, people consider it to mellow you a little bit and, and also, you know, that level of stuff. And it, I think it's at a similar level. It's a low-dose item, uh, tea, so you don't get, uh, it's not like taking a green pill, green tea pill, you know, down from uh, GNC or something like that. So uh, it has a nice effect on you. And that changes for people, too, yeah. In your mind, at least, you you might be more having a, a broader thought that you're going to get this uh, serious effect, whereas if you're if you're having a drink and as you're drinking it over time, I think it's a more mellow application, if you will. Well, you also offer digestibles that contain higher dosage of CBD. How did you uh, decide so on the dosage then for those? So those uh, the so we don't have gummies or anything like all, all we have we do have a tincture. And that that is a, a larger dose that you you know you put in your under your tongue, and, and that that is uh, those are with MCT oil, so that's a, a that's a, a coconut oil, so you, CBD and fat sort of go go together. Um, and then we have the golden milk, right? Yep, we do have the golden milk. But- you have the drops that go under your tongue, and you have two dosages. What's yeah. the difference between the two? Uh, it depends how nice you want to be that day, you know. So if you need the extra strength, it's basically it's 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 a higher level dose in the so it's got less MCT oil, more uh, CBD. If I'm feeling, let's say, more pain, more anxiety, more insomnia, then I would take the higher dosage. Yes, yes, and as you can imagine, that one sells better. Okay, interesting. And you just take it once a day under your tongue. Yeah, you could take it once a day. You, you know, it's it's uh, try not to do more than six. Times a day. Not take not do six bottles a day. <laughs> CBD is one of these things that really it depends on the person's body weight and even the pictures. Uh, the dose is relatively small. If you're in a lot of pain, you need probably need to go higher and go somewhere else for that. You probably, probably, it, but it, you know it depends. Our our mother has uh, she's 89 and uh, 
you know, her knee bothers her, and so she, she, she's a big fan of the pictures. So. Well, we also have a, a resident in San Francisco uh, up on, on Green Street. Yeah, uh, Norwood Pratt. He's a uh, he's a preeminent uh, tea author, and he he, he he's figured big, out. Yep. He's a big fan of the pictures. Some guys don't want to drink. Uh, you know, it's it's I I, th- I think it's two different experiences. Sort of the pictures, and you know, they might take it before they go to bed which that that sort of applies better than drinking a sparkling water. The beauty line of lotion, solvent, bath bomb uh, are from you. Yeah. Why would why do you think about creating skincare products? That's the bright side to CBD is it, is it goes in such a such a wide um, selection. Done actually uh, skincare with tea. It's a little bit of an experiment. Yeah, yeah, it was it was just uh, it was another another avenue for what we were growing and you know we figured we'd learn about it so how has that worked out it, it's been good you know the lotion the, the lotion's very very nice well so we don't sell as much as the uh as, you know it's it's definitely the lesser of uh, of them but when brought in the line out it gave it more offerings okay. but the idea was for us to you know we as we learned we tried tried ones with green tea and stuff like that and we figured for us to learn the best way we found to learn is to actually do this stuff yes and then the bath bomb everybody was asking us for a bath bomb um, yeah, we had done that in the old days with the we we done again yep yeah, we done bath teas before so uh, it was a little bit of a stretch but actually strangely enough not as much of a stretch as one would think yes very popular bath bombs well they like them no and and we were gonna go a little lower dose and then and then uh, it, I was I was talking to somebody and they're like no no you've got to be up there oh interesting so there have been claims that CBD helps with acne. That there would be a lot of interest if there were CBD products tied to improving acne. Uh, yeah, no, we saw that that, that coming up. I, well, we're more into the uh, lessons, the the things like that. You know, we're not doctors. Um, we we try to make pleasant uh, beverages that uh, have a, a level of uh, of CBD in it that make you feel good, but don't solve serious problems. And acne, of course, is I, I do see that on Twitter and stuff like that where. There's, there are people that pass off uh, health claims on, on, on CBD, which uh, are not as documented. Saying that for the skin care products, it's certainly oh, no. an area of focus, a, you know, a key area of focus. I don't know whether it's true, whether it works or not. I, I was just thinking that, that would be definitely be a uh, direction that would be of interest to a lot of people. It's a good idea. We'll have to think about that. We were all kids. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Wrapping up, how do you recommend using Harney and Sun CBD products, and should there be any concerns about overconsumption? Well, we did mention with the uh, tinctures that uh, that's the strongest stuff that we offer, so uh, you do have to be careful with uh, having too much of that. Uh, with the beverages, uh, they're all sort of not micro-dosed, but they are dosed uh, kind of low uh, and, and within the realm that the government will probably regulate uh, when they get the federal government gets around to doing it. So uh, we do have it at that level uh, that it shouldn't be a problem of overconsumption. We um, always say with tea, uh, you know, we look to make things, uh, our teas uh, make you smile. And I would think the same thing would uh, happen with our CBD, if the same thing does happen with our CBD beverages. We put a smile on your face and you feel a little bit better about life, maybe a little nicer. Especially if you're feeling cranky, right? 
you'll make you less cranky. That's it. No, I think that's a, that's always that's how I think of it when I'm always coming up with new ones. It's certainly it's its best application. Start it's, with a tea in the morning, half a soda in the afternoon, and half the golden milk at night before you go to sleep. There you go. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like I'd be hooked after that for sure. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on Spark today. Well, Thank great. You, Kelly.